Blog Talk Radio. Okay, praise God. Uh, Evangelist Janice Taylor is going to take over Wednesday and Thursday this week. I'm getting some rest, getting ready for a telethon. Without further ado, Evangelist Janice Taylor, she'll give you address, how to reach her ministry. She has the mic for one hour and 59 minutes. God bless us, Taylor. I'm out of here. All right. Good night, Apostle. God bless yes, you. Ma'am. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Uh, wall, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051. Our phone number is 336-575-0206. And our um, email address is jet245 at msn.com. If you are being blessed by this ministry, you can call us. Uh, at the number that I just gave, 336-575-0206, or you can Zell us or PayPal us using the email address, jet245 at msn.com. I want to say something very briefly about our ministry, our uh, deliverance ministry. And uh, my staff here, we actually go out and do deliverance, and then sometimes people come to us for deliverance, or sometimes they call in for deliverance. So if you need to make an appointment with us, you feel free to reach out to us. Uh, You can contact us on the web. You can leave a prayer request submission on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliverance.com. MIN.com. You can leave your number and I'll call you back, or um, you can email me at jet245 at msn.com, or you can call us. The number here is 336-575-0206 if you need to make an appointment. However, we only operate by appointment, so you need to. um, call and, and schedule an appointment. And the reason being is because my staff, we are not in the same location, but we have to get in the same location in order to do deliverance. And um, we are very uh, capable and qualified, and it is because of the Holy Spirit and the Scripture. We just follow the Holy Spirit and the Scripture. But if you are in need of deliverance, Schedule an appointment with us, and uh, we will go from there. So I just wanted to put that out there because I know uh, on a weekly basis when I'm teaching, I'm not necessarily teaching um, deliverance, although I have taught deliverance um, during this time. However, I just preach whatever God gives me to preach. But on tonight, we're going to go to the Word of God and before we do, I want to blow the shofar. And let me tell you why I'm blowing the shofar. Because God spoke to me and told me to blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. And this is symbolic of 
waking up the sleeping church. You see, the church has been sleeping for quite some time now, and God even showed it to me in a dream how the church was in their pajamas and the church is in a spiritual slumber. Uh, it's either about sleeping or the church is uh, waiting to be entertained. So the enemy has come in and lulled the church to sleep. But we are uh, in a time where it's time to arise. It's time for the church of God to arise and shine and be about our Father's business. And in order to do that, somebody's got to sound the alarm. So God has instructed me to sound the alarm, blow the trumpet in Zion, so that the church, the people of God, will wake up and and do what God has called us to do. Because on last month, I woke up early one morning and heard a song from heaven, a song I never heard before, but I know it was from the Lord. This song, the words to this song said, Jesus is coming soon. So I know whenever God gives me a song, the, the words to the song is a message from God. And he let me know emphatically that Jesus is coming soon. So it's time to start playing church. It's time to start being the church and be about our father's business, which is the business of soul winning. Glory be to God. The word of God says, he that winneth souls is wise. So for those of you that are listening in tonight, under the sound of my voice, I pray that you would tune in for tonight's message. And I pray that tonight's message will be a blessing unto you. Every message that I get from God is a, it's a revelation. I don't just sit down and write a message, nor do I copy anyone else's message. I wait until I hear from God what he would have me to say. So tonight's message is you have a choice. And it's dealing with our faith. It's dealing with our faith. I'm finding out that a lot of people who profess to have faith uh, don't have the faith that they profess to have. In other words, people are talking the talk but not walking the walk. We are allowing uh, uh, every wind and doctrine, they're being carried away with everything. And so no matter what comes along, um, it's stealing and robbing the people of God uh, of their faith. And there's a reason for that. So we're going to go to the Word of God, and um, I'll be teaching tonight straight from the Word of God, the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter, beginning at the third verse. And this is what it says. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And then, and the fowls came and devoured them. Oh. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. 
and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But the other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And the word of the Lord says, who have ears to hear, let him hear. So when we look at this parable, Jesus often used parables to teach a lesson. And most of the times he used agricultural parables to teach a lesson about life because the people were farmers and he knew they could understand or they could relate to it and therefore they would uh, get the revelation from what he was teaching. And he used parables so that everybody would not understand, but only those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying would understand. So the Bible says on this particular day that Jesus sat by the seaside and a great multitude of people gathered unto him. And so he went into a ship and uh, and sat uh, on this ship, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he began to teach many things unto them. So he told this story, uh, a parable, about a sower. And a sower is one, is, it, it's like it's a farmer, one who sows seed. And he says the sower went forth to sow. Well, that's what farmers do. They go forth to sow. And then he began to say, and when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. That's very important. He sowed the seed, and normally we want the seed to go into the hole that the farmer has dug for the seed. But he was sowing seed. He was just scattering it, and some seed didn't go in the ground. It fell by the wayside. Glory be to God. And the Bible says, and the fowls came and um, the fowls came and devoured it. So the fowls came and ate it up because it, 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 it never made it into the ground. And um, then he said some fell on stony places. That's why uh, most farmers, they have to till the soil and get the rocks out, get all the stones and rocks out first because it can fall on stony places and it didn't have a lot of earth uh, to it. And so when it sprung up, it had no deepness of earth in it. So you know what happened to it. When the sun came up, uh, it scorched it, and uh, it was because it had no root. In other words, it was just on top of the ground. It never made it into the ground because it landed on stony ground. All right? And then he said, and some fell among thorns. Now, what are thorns? Thorns are prickly things. They, they stick. Uh, thorns, you can find them on rose bushes, on cactuses, and uh, certain other plants. Um, and um, they are meant to protect the plant from um, being devoured because uh, most people are not going to eat something that's got thorns on it. But anyway, he said, 
that the thorn sprung up and choked them. So he he sowed some seed on um on some ground and it was by the wayside. It got devoured. He sowed some uh, uh, and and it landed on the stony places and uh, it withered away because it had no root in it. So when the sun came up, it just dried right up. Then he sowed some among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And then he said, but the other seed fell into good ground. So there's several types of ground that we're looking here. We're looking at um, the wayside, and then we're looking at the stony places, then we're looking at thorns, and then the last category is good ground. And it brought forth fruit. So when the seed falls into good ground, you're going to reap a harvest. And uh, the Bible said it brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So it brought forth different amounts of fruit. Remember, the word of God says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And then he concluded uh, his, his parable with a very familiar passage uh, of saying to them, he who have ears to hear, let him hear. So in other words, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, take heed to this. Pay attention. That's what Jesus was saying. So then... The disciples, they wondered what he was talking about. So they asked him for the meaning of this parable. And this is what Jesus said. We pick it up back up in the 18th verse. Jesus said, hear ye the parable of the sower. He said, when anyone hears the the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, which catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Now, I I, I know that you can uh, relate to this. He said, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understands it not. In other words, your eyes have not been opened, nor your ears unstopped to understand the word of the Lord. Because the only way you can understand this is by uh, the Spirit opening your understanding. And he said, so when you when a man doesn't understand it, he says, the wicked one comes and catches away that which is sown. In other words, the wicked one comes and just steals it. He just takes it because, first of all, he didn't hear it with his spiritual ears. He didn't receive it uh, with his spiritual eyes, so he got no understanding out of it. It was unfruitful or unprofitable, and the wicked one comes and just takes that word from him. It's meaningless to him. It absolutely produces no fruit 
whatsoever. And he went on to say that the word which was sown in his heart, the wicked one comes and catches it away, just comes and steals it, just comes and takes it from him. Now, what is he saying? He's saying that that word that was sown by the wayside is unprofitable to that man. It is not going to do him any good because of his lack of understanding. It's just like uh, speaking French, a man who's speaking French. And uh, as a matter of fact, yesterday my phone rang and I answered it. And uh, it was a, 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 a telemarketing call, but it was in Spanish, unprofitable to me. I didn't understand a word of it. So I hung it up. I hung it up. I hung up the phone because I did not understand it. So um, this is how the wicked one comes and immediately snatches it because you didn't get the understanding from it. It had no meaning to you. You didn't understand it, and um, it becomes unprofitable. It's fruitless, fruitless to you. All right. I remember the first time that I um, came across the scripture, Luke ten nineteen. I saw a church van, and that's what was written on its uh, not its license tag, but the you know the tag that's in the front of the car. Sometimes they have these catchy sayings. Sometimes they say blessed or something like that. But this one had Luke ten nineteen on the front of this church van. So I got my Bible and looked it up. Well, when I looked it up, it says, Behold, I give unto you power, power to tread on serpents and scorpions, power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Well, that blessed my socks off. It literally blessed my socks off. So I showed it to a lady who was on the church band with us. And I said, look, look. And she read it, and it had no on her. Why? Because it was unprofitable. It was fruitless to her because it was not sown. It was not sown on good ground. That scripture didn't mean anything to her, but it meant everything to me because God was telling me something. He was telling me I'm giving I'm giving you power, power over the enemy, power and authority, exousia and dunamis, authority and power over the enemy to tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means shall harm you. Well, that's what Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out two by two, when he sent the 70 out two by two. That's what he, he said to them. So that meant a whole lot to me. But when I shared it with this other lady, it didn't mean anything to her. It blessed me so, but it didn't bless her because it was not sold on good ground. 
I don't know where she was with the Lord. I don't even remember if she was saved. But I know how the effect it had on me, and I saw the effect that it had on her. It had the opposite. It had no effect on her. Go on. And the Bible says, this is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now, I know somebody wants to ask the question, well, what is the seed? We're getting to that. Let's move on to verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Now, this word anon means immediately. He received it with joy. So he received the word. It fell into stony places. But he received it with joy. He was happy about it. It said, yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth, endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. And there are people like that in the body of Christ. They receive a word, they hear a word, they receive it with joy, and they get so excited. Most of the time, it's emotionalism. They get so excited about this word. And then when one little thing happens that doesn't appeal to them, didn't go their way, they are offended, and they have forgotten about the word. They fighting. They cussing, they ready to slap somebody upside the head. And just a minute ago, excuse me, they were praising God. They were excited over this word. And all of a sudden, this problem cropped up. And now they've forgotten all about the word. Because immediately, the thief has stolen it. They're offended about something. Glory be to God. You see, when trouble comes, anybody can praise God when everything's going good. But can you still bless the Lord at all times when everything is not going well? So when troubles and tribulations come, all of a sudden these people are offended with God. I will never forget when 9-11 took place. When 9-11 happened, they did. Uh, they interviewed some people who professed to be Christians. And I will never forget this one man said he was a priest, and he said he could never serve a God who would allow that to happen. And the minute he said that, he said it on the news, the minute he said that, I said he never knew God. You see, if he's God of the mountain, then he's God of the valley, or he's not God at all. He said, I I make it to rain on the just and unjust. In other words, if he's God when everything is going good, but he's not your God because problems arise, then he was never your God in the beginning. 
And too many people want to only serve God as long as everything is going all right with them. But the minute trouble comes, they say, I'm out of here. Why did God let this happen to me? If he's so good, why did he let this happen? Why did he let my brother die? Why did he let my mother die? And all of a sudden, they don't have no more use for God. Oh, ye of little faith. And it's sad. It's sad that when trouble comes, you'll find out exactly what's in a man when trouble comes. When everything's going good and the church is going along fine and people are shouting and dancing and music playing, oh, yeah, it looks like everybody in there saved. But when the music stops and when the trouble uh, hits the home or hits the family or something uh, comes upon you unexpectedly, then all of a sudden, if God was so good, why did he let this happen? Now, I want to talk about that a minute, because if anybody had a right to say that, I would say it would have been Job. Job lost everything he had. He lost his wife, his children. He lost his home. He lost everything but his health, I mean, but his life. The enemy afflicted him every way possible, but he was given a command that he could not touch his life. And so Job was covered in boils, sores broke out all over him. And Job couldn't understand why, because Job was a righteous man that hated evil. But nevertheless, God allowed this to happen to Job. A man who had done no wrong, God allowed it for a reason. But Job had this testimony. Job said, if he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's kind of like Abraham, when Abraham was going up to Mount Moriah, and Abraham was told by God to go up there and offer your son as a sacrifice. And God had promised Abraham that he was going to make him a father of a great nation. Well, I only have this one seed out of my loins, and you promised me this boy. Now, how am I going to go up here and offer him up to you, and still you make me the father of a great nation? It didn't make sense. But yet, Job obeyed God. Abraham obeyed God, and he took, he took his son on up that mountain. And his son said, Father, I see the wood. He said, I see the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Job, uh, uh, Abraham said something profound. He said, the Lord will provide himself a ram. And that is exactly what he did on Calvary's cross. But Abraham spoke prophetically of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And he told his servants, he left them at a certain place as they were going up Mount Moriah. 
He told his servants to stay here. He said, I and the lad are going up yonder, for we will return again. You see, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Abraham said, if I got to sacrifice my son, if God has to raise him up again, we'll be back. He trusted God just like that. See, some people, they can only trust God as far as they can see. But God don't have to show us everything. So when God stops talking and when God stops showing you things, can you still believe God? When what God showed you and what you what God promised you and what you are looking at is total opposite, can you still believe God against all odds? He said, God told me I was going to live a long life. And now the doctor said that I got this and I got that and this, that, and the other. Whose report will you believe? You have a choice. You can look at your situation and believe it, or you can believe God. You have a choice. So the Bible says, because of the word, when persecution or tribulation arise, by and by he is offended. In other words, He thought this was going to be pie in the sky because he got saved. He thought it was going to be preachers and creams. And he found out that every day was not going to be Sunday. And when he did, he said, oh, I can't serve God. I I thought things were going to be different. Things are different. The fact that you are saved tells me that things are different. But because everything don't go your way, don't mean God ain't God. Don't mean God ain't going to do what he said he would do. Because how many of you know that God is not a man that he should lie? Neither the son of man that he should repent. The reason God don't lie is because God can't lie. It is impossible for God to lie. It is against his very nature. It's against him being who he is. Glory be to God. So now let's keep going. Verse 22 says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. My God, my, this is the word of God. I did not write this. This is God's holy word. It is written by God, and it has stood the test of time, and it is still, it is unchangeable. It is the unchangeable word of God. Scripture tells us that he that received the seed among the thorns 
is he that heareth the word. So he heard the word. He heard it. And then the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. You see, that's what happens. That's why the scripture says, he whose mind is stayed on thee will be kept in perfect peace. You see, you got to keep your mind on the Lord and on the promises of God because the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. So we have got to keep our mind on the word of God. The scripture tell us, be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. Don't let everything come and shake you and move you off of your position. Standing on the word of God for healing, stand on it. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what the x-ray say. It doesn't matter what the blood test results say. It only matters what God said. And he said, by his stripes, ye are healed. Clover be to God in the highest. You see, we know that Jesus paid for our salvation through his death on the cross. But we must remember that he also paid for our healing with the 39 stripes that he bore on his back. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. We either going to believe that or we are not. If we let the cares of this world, the word of God, out of us, the cares of this world are the things that happen unexpectedly. Something went wrong that we hadn't uh, anticipated. The cares of this world are a trip to the doctor, and the doctor gives you a bad report. That's the cares of this world. But we must learn how to stand firm upon the word of God. We got to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Glory be to God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord, all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. It don't mean you won't get a bad doctor's report. It don't mean the lawyer won't say he ain't nothing I can do to help your child. It don't mean the bank will say, I'm sorry, we're not able to help you at this time. It don't mean they won't say these things. What it means is, You still got to believe God. For the word of the Lord says, with men it is impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. I remember when I first went to college, I applied for college. I was so excited, and I received a letter that said I could not get into college because they said I owed money to the government from years ago when I had applied, uh, I had gone to a community college. Well, I knew that they had taken my taxes one year for that. So I knew, hey, that's paid. So I had to call the Department of Higher Education, gave them my name, gave them my social. They said, yes, that's been paid. I said, can you send me that, a copy of that letter? She said, immediately, the woman mailed it to me and emailed it to me. Let me tell you something. I went to a New Year's Eve service at this particular church, and a woman of God was there. And I had told her what the college had said, that I could not get financial aid. I could not go to school. And that woman of God spoke emphatically to me. She said, God said, apply again. Now, in my mind, that didn't make sense because these people have clearly said to me that because I owe this amount of money, I cannot get in, get any financial aid. But this woman of God spoke to me and said, God said, apply again. So I went back to the college, and I told them, uh, I think I remember paying that. And she gave me the number, called the Department of Higher Education, and I did. And when I called them, they said, you don't owe anything because we took, we garnished your taxes one year and, and paid ourselves. And I said, can you send me a copy of that? She did immediately, and then she emailed it to me. You see, God had used that woman of God at that church that night to encourage me. It looked like it was over. It looked like that door was closed. But God said, go back and apply again. Now, the average person would have felt like I did. Apply again for what? They've already said no. With God, all things are possible to them that believe. So when the cares of this world come, we cannot let the cares of this this world derail us. And that happens so often. The cares of this world. All of a sudden, you were in the Word. You were rejoicing. You were feasting on the Word of God, and you got a phone call. That's why I cut my phone off when I'm studying the Word. I just cut it off. You got a phone call, and the phone call has some negative information, some negative news in it, and all of a sudden, you couldn't get back to the Word. Why? Because the thief who cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy has come and destroyed attracted you, and now you lost your focus. This weekend, my son 
sent me a phone. He bought a phone for me, and I got it Friday. So I go out to the Verizon place to get it um, activated, got the phone turned on. But something went wrong because I could get, I could make outgoing calls but could not receive any ingoing calls on this phone. So another guy, he was a Verizon rep. He had a customer, had the same problem. Another rep had a customer that was having the same problem. So they gave us, uh, gave them uh, a call to this uh, technical support. Called technical support. Uh, this woman did uh, so many different things, and nothing worked. So after being there two and a half hours, my phone still was not working. So the young lady wrote a ticket up for it, said I must turn this over to tech rep, and they will call you when this is completed. Now, apparently Verizon had been having some activation problems, all right? So I come home with the phone. I'm a little bit disappointed, but nevertheless, I just charged the phone, and I was waiting to see if I would get this text message saying the phone has been fixed. I never got the text message. So what happened was I went on to bed that night, and the enemy tried to get me when I laid down. He tried to cause me to not be able to sleep but to focus on my phone. You done signed those papers. You done already You got the bill, and now the phone ain't even working. I rebuked the devil right there on the spot, and I began to quote the word of God. I began to just stay focused on God. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I began to praise God. Why? Because it was either that or I was not going to get any sleep by worrying all night. And I got this saying, if you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. So I chose to go to sleep that night and not focus on that phone. Next morning, I got up. I looked at the phone. Still no text message. I got in the Word. You see, I could have gotten up and rushed off to the Verizon place and, and started saying, y'all said this and that and the other, but I did. I stayed in the Word. Stayed in the Word till after 1 o'clock, after 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock, I got on the prayer line. After I got off the prayer line, then I got dressed and went to the Verizon store. When I walked in, the man said, are you having activation problems? I said, yes. He said, here, I can fix this. I said, I was in here yesterday for over two and a half hours. He said, they taught us how to do it, and, and I'll have you out of here in 10 minutes. And that's exactly what he did. You see, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You have a choice. You can either fret and fear or you can trust God and go on about your day. You can let the enemy rob you of your peace. You can let the enemy steal your joy. 
You can let the enemy kill your whole day, or you can trust God. I went on about my day. You know what I did? I said, Lord, I'm setting this aside. I'm not even going to focus on it. I'm not even going to think about this phone. I got in the Word that morning, 12 noon. I was on the prayer line. When the prayer line ended, then I went to see about the phone. I chose. I chose to stay focused on the Lord. And let me tell you something. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, the cares of this world is the washing machine breaking down in the middle of a load of clothes. What you going to do? The cares of this world, my son, is in trouble. What you going to do? The cares of this life are, oh, uh, uh, my, my sister, her kids are uh, 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 on the way to the emergency room. The only thing you need to do is stop and pray for a moment. And then when you pray, pray for wisdom. See, a lot of times we jump in our cars and run out the door to see about this and to see about that when it ain't time. It ain't time. My husband and I received a call yesterday that his daughter was in the hospital having emergency surgery. We didn't know anything about it. But guess what? We didn't run to the hospital. You know what we did? We prayed and told the doctor, call us when the surgery is over. And that's what he did. They called us every step of the way when the surgery was over, when she was in the uh, recovery room, when she got to her room in ICU, and then when the ICU people called us last and said she was in uh, her room and she was woke and talking. That's when we went over there. You see, you have a choice. You can let the enemy pull you away from what's important, the word of God. I couldn't do anything for her sitting over at the hospital. So we decided to stay home and wait for the call. And when we got there, everything was fine. But the first thing we did was we prayed for her. We prayed for the doctor that was doing the surgery, we prayed for the surgery, that it would be a success, and we prayed for our daughter. And guess what? When we got there, she was fine. She went back into surgery today for the second part of it, and they called us, and we prayed, and that was the end of that. We went over there today to see about her, and she was fine. You see, we can have a choice. You can either fret, and let the enemy distract you and have you on the run and the cares of this life choke the word out of you, and you become what? Unfruitful. You become unfruitful. So many people, as soon as you get that phone call, you just fall to pieces when you need to stop and pray. Some have even harmed themselves. Oh, I got to go, got to go. Oh, and run out of here, and they get in a wreck. Be still and know that I am God. We need to learn how to be still 
and not let the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. You see, the deceitfulness of riches is when a person is in pursuit of wealth. That's all he got on his mind. Got to make this money. Got to make this money. Got to make this money. God know what you need. All our needs, according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. You know, one of my relatives told me that she has been investing in the stock market, and I'm not against that. If that's what God tells you to do, if you got that kind of money, you go right ahead. I, I'm, I'm not even speaking against the stock market. But she told me something. She's been investing, and she's been losing money. Now, I could have I could have said, well, why don't you take your money out? Holy Spirit didn't tell me to say anything. But in my mind, I was thinking, why don't you sow into the kingdom of God and get a return, a guaranteed return on your investment? But see, we don't think like that. It's all about us. Got to make this money. Got to make this money. Need more money. Need more. Need more. It's not need more. It's really want more. Don't be like the man who sat up all night long counting his money. And he had so much money, he said, tomorrow I'm going to tear down my bonds and build bigger bonds. And the scripture says that that night his soul would be required of him. It says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You see, some people, and this is sad to say, but some people will actually depart from the faith if they get too much money. Why? Because they think, I got it now. I don't need God anymore. I can handle things on my own. And that would be your worst mistake. So God, who is all wise, this is why he don't let some people get wealthy, because it would be to their own destruction. So the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word. It literally just chokes the word up out of you, and you become unfruitful. Glory be to God. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word. He has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. And understand it also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So Jesus taught this parable, and his disciples asked him, why are you always teaching in parables? And he told them the answer. He said, so everybody won't understand it. He said, but I'm going to expect, so they said, well, what is the meaning of this parable? And he broke it down to them perfectly. He explained the whole thing. He explained the whole thing. Jesus spoke in parables, which is a common method of teaching in the Northeast. It was used to convey 
spiritual truth through a series of earthly comparisons. Now, the first parable was set, as I told you, in an agricultural context. A sower referred to an ancient seed sower planting a crop. Jesus later interpreted the parable himself. The seed depicts the word of God. Now I want to say something about that. A lot of times ministries actually misuse this word seed. They tell you to sow a seed, sow a seed. The seed is the word of God, but they use it in an improper way. They say, sow a seed into my ministry. They're asking you for money. But the seed is the word of God. All right? So then the seed depicts the word, and thus the sower is the preacher. It's the gospel evangelist. It's the one that's going out to sow the seed. And he sows some of the seed by the wayside. You see, everybody can be in the same room, hear the same message, and it have a different impact on the people. Some people get the message and they run with it. That's when it's sold on good ground. They run with it. They rejoice. They got it. They heard from God. Then you got some people, they heard it also, and they rejoice also. But the minute trouble comes, all of a sudden, the thief has stolen the word. Then you got some people that the cares of this world, I got to pay my bills. I got to do this. I got this to do. I got that to do. Matter of fact, they don't even really have no time for the word. They're so busy chasing after a dollar. And they don't trust God, that God will provide. His name is Jehovah Jireh. The Bible says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Didn't say all your want, but it said all your need. So we got to learn the difference between what we want and what we need. Glory be to what? To God. So the wayside is the path that's trampled through the field. It's hard packed. And the seed found no root. In other words, it never got any depth in that soul. Thus the fowls, the birds, the demons, the wicked ones, they came and snatched it away before it could ever bear any fruit because it had no root. In other words, you heard it the moment it was being preached. You rejoiced, you jumped, you shouted, but it never took root. And before you could get out the door, the enemy had done already stolen from you. There was no response at all to the gospel. It's just like the woman, I showed her Luke 10, 19. She had no response. I was rejoicing. She had no response whatsoever. God is saying to us, we have a choice. 
we have a choice. The second category is the stony places. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The stony places is like the stony heart. The seed can't get in and it won't sprout. Or it will sprout a little bit, but it has no depth to it. Glory be to God. And so when the sun come up, when it gets hot, when problems arise, when the heat is turned up, it becomes scorched and it just withers away. He said, well, the word say that, yeah, I know. Well, let's pray about it. I pray. Well, God ain't answering. Ain't nothing happening. I don't see nothing happening. You don't always have to see something happen to know that God is working. I want to tell you something. God is always working. Do you hear what I'm saying? Our Father is always working. Third category is the group of seeds that fell among thorns that had not been plowed. The thorns choked out the crop. In other words, it never even got in the ground. The cares of this life, cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches. This is why some people, they don't give tithes, they don't, they don't pay their tithes, and they don't give offerings because they say, hmm, I ain't going to be making that preacher rich. Instead of realizing that sowing tithes and, and, and giving an offering, you, when you give tithes, you're giving to God what belongs to him. He only acts for the tenth. But if you don't give tithes, I'm going to tell you what will happen. The thief, that robber, Satan, will come and take the 90%. The Bible says it will be like having holes. They have money with holes in their pockets. That's when your washing machine go out, your car break down, Alternator, stop working, all kind of crazy stuff. Radiator busted, roof leaking. So if you don't give it to God, the thief will come and get it. He will steal it. He will steal it. He will rob you without a gun. Satan knows that that money belongs to God, that temp. But since you won't give God the temp, he said, I'm coming for the 90. I'm coming to get it all. And people people are actually going out playing the lottery and the scratch-offs, thinking they're going to win this money. And I'm going to tell you something. You're not paying tithes and not giving offerings. Robbing God. Robbing God. The Bible says, will a man rob God? Yes. You rob him in tithes and offerings. And you chasing a dollar. You running behind a dollar, scratch off. <laughs> Boy, that's the biggest scam I ever seen in my life. Scratch off. And you going to play the one-armed bandit. And you think you're going to win. 
And some of y'all, before I can even finish this sentence, some of y'all are saying, well, I have one. Yeah, you just run back what you put in, and that's the hook. That's just to keep you coming back. You might have won 400, but guess what? That's just so you'll come back, and they already know he's going to play this whole, he's going to spend this whole 400. We're going to get that back. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's not trying to bless you. Yeah, he's not trying to bless you. All this crazy stuff is going on. You being robbed without a gun. Glory be to God. And the good ground represents the well-plowed, well-prepared soil capable of producing a large crop. He who have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You see, hearing goes beyond what you hear with your natural ear. It's what you hear with your spiritual ear. Inner spiritual reception of truth. And disciples wanted to know why Jesus had spoken to them in parables. And he told them that he had used parables to illustrate his messages. He used things that they could understand. Hallelujah. We must remember that Jesus was from another world. He was not of this world. So he had to speak to men in terms of things that they could understand. And I stopped by here tonight to tell you that you have a choice. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14 said, Glory be to God, forgetting those things which are behind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. We need the mind of Christ. So that when situations arise, you realize, oh, I have a choice how I'm going to react to this. I can let this ruin my day. I can set this aside, pray about it, and wait till I hear from God before I decide to act. Don't let the enemy steal your joy, your peace, and your love. Don't let Satan rob you of God's promises. We must remember that the devil is a liar and the father of life. And he only brings distractions 
that will steal, kill, and destroy. You can worry, you can fret, and you can stress over your situation, or you can put it in the hands of God. You can lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I I can't deal with this right now. I'm just going to lay this at your feet. And I'm going on about my day. I'm going on to work. I'm going on to prayer meeting. I'm going on to Bible study. I'm going on and, and, and getting the word. And I'm going to let you handle this. This is bigger than me, God. And I can't do nothing with this. Uh-oh, I'm going on to sleep. That's what I did. I went on to sleep. We got to learn how to have patience, and to be still. Because I'm going to tell you something. We have got to learn to let God be God. So many times God want to work things out for us, but we jump the gun. We jump the gun. We run ahead of God. We're going to try to fix everything. God has not called us to fix anything. You don't even have to try to figure it out. Somebody said to me, I don't know how God going to do it. I had to stop him. That ain't none of your business. How God going to do a thing ain't my business, ain't your business. How God going to heal me, that ain't none of my business. How God going to deliver me, that ain't none of my business. How God going to work this situation out in my favor, that ain't none of my business. My business is to give it to God. Leave it there. And let him handle it. Many times we stress over nothing. We stress over the what if. What if what if God you see that's the voice of Satan telling you what if God don't do it? Well if God don't do it, it can't be done. And that don't make no sense. Because believers gotta learn to walk by faith and not by sight. It don't matter what the doctor says. Don't even matter what's on the x-ray. All that matters is the word of God. Satan just want to rob you. He want to rob you of the word. That's your blessing. Let us remember, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We got to learn how to have confidence in God. I'm telling you, we got a choice. You can get all stressed out and wear yourself out, or you can trust God. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you get stressed out, that's not going to change your situation. That's not going to help it any, not at all. God is who he is, and God will do what he said he would do. God has already proven himself to us. He did it before, and he'll do it again. You remember the last situation you couldn't see your way out of. Then at the end of it, he said, nobody but God. Well, this ain't no different. This is not bigger than God. It's the same God, same devil, and God is always defeating him. He's already a defeated foe. But we got to be steadfast. Don't let nothing and no one stop or hinder you 
from doing what God has called you to do. You got a choice. You have a choice. And you don't have no more excuses. Glory be to God. Faith and fear, they can't operate in the same uh, system. Satan wants to put you in fear. But the word of God tells God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God's got our situation under control. You remember when the pandemic broke out in 2020? Everybody was panicking. Everybody was so afraid. And the devil was telling lies after lies after lies. The people were just stressed out. People were just, whoa. I mean, you would have thought it was the end of the world. But God never said that. The hype. People were starting to believe the hype. Suicide rate went up. People started killing themselves, all kinds of things, because people were listening to the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy got louder than the voice of God. And the only way that can happen is if you start listening to the voice of the enemy. That's why we got to keep our ear to God's mouth. And how you do that is by how we stay focused is by staying in the word. No matter what it looks like, we got to stay in the word. The word of God is truth. Jesus said, my word is spirit and life. And if we stay in this word, John says, he that abideth in me and my word abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be. It shall be done. Glory be to God in the highest. You see, we got to abide in the word of God. We got to stop with this visitation and make the word of God our habitation. Got to stick and stay. Stay right there. Stand on that promise. Hold on to it. Glory be to God in the highest. Move forward in every distraction. If it's your children, rebuke it. Remember when Peter, uh, Jesus was telling the disciples what was getting ready to happen to him? And Peter said, no, Lord, I'll never let that happen. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't talking to Peter. He was talking to Satan that was trying to use Peter. So even if if it's your children that's trying to, distract you. We we, we got to be like the prophet, the prophet uh, uh, Nehemiah, when, when Sanballat and Gershom sent him a letter and told him, come down off the wall and, and meet us in the plain. He said, I'm doing a great work. Come down. That's what you got to tell the devil. Oh, no, I can't come down. I can't come down. And Nehemiah knew they meant him evil. He said, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Glory be to God in the height. Your promise awaits you. Set everything else aside and step out in faith. Trust God and see, and he'll do it again. The choice is yours. You have a choice. Whose report 
will you believe? Glory be to God in the highest. I believe the report of the Lord. May God bless you tonight. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our, our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051. Our phone number is 336-575-0206 or JET245 at msn.com. That's our email address. So you can PayPal us or Zelle us. If you are being blessed by this ministry, you can sow into this ministry. It takes finances for this ministry to stay operational, pending on God, we're trusting on God. And if God leads you, you can sow into this ministry through PayPal, at jet245 at msn.com. We want to thank you all tonight for tuning in with us. May God bless you. May you continue to walk out the plan of God for your life. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray for you. If you are in need of deliverance, give me a call at 336-575. 0206 and um, let us set up an appointment for you so that you, hallelujah, can get the help that you need. Glory be to God. In Jesus' name we pray. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor signing off for tonight. God bless you. Amen.